This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill, and I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. Hello, Allison. Hey, Liz. We have got a guest today, Ivan Drury. Ivan is the senior manager of the Insights Division at Edmonds, where he examines the trends in automotive industry and provides insights for Edmonds' monthly sales forecasts. Welcome back to MPB and AutoCorrect, Ivan. Hey, thanks for having me. We are so glad to have you. 2020 has just been weird all over the place. (laughs) I don't know that there's a single facet of our economy and our life that it just hasn't gone wonky with what uh, are there 2020 where are we right now are there 2020 vehicles that are still for sale are there 2019 brand new vehicles that we're still uh available yeah you know agreed i don't know of any facet of uh, anyone's life i mean even if you lived on some remote island you, you probably heard something uh, it's happening but as far as auto sales go um there's always some you know leftover prior model year vehicles lying around um they'll stick around sometimes we see sales register you know one two years later old old stuff happens but for the most part right now we're seeing kind of a 50 50 split between 2020 model year vehicles and 2021s that are being phased in and it's a little bit I won't say ahead of schedule, but we had so many issues with, you know, workers being on the assembly lines and how were they figuring that out, restarting those assembly lines, getting back up to 100% production rates, you know, months ago when the virus started up and everything got shut down, it really disrupted that normal cadence of auto sales, summer sell down, all these ideas. So right now we're kind of in a strange thing where we've got about a 50-50 split between the two new vehicles you can buy, whether or not it's, you know, this 2020 model year or the next generation 2021s. So are are all the manufacturers, are they, do you know, are they back at uh, capacity or seemingly capacity? I know some had retooled to do ventilators or do other kinds of things. Are they all back in the car mode? Yeah, for the most part, all almost all of the manufacturers are going to be back to, I'd say, normal levels. I mean, they're not, you know, everybody at 100%. But at the same time, there's been some launches. There's going to be some redesigned vehicles coming through for 2021, and they've been retooling factories. I mean, one of the vehicles that, you know, almost I've, nobody's ever seen one that blow my mind, but an F-150, you know, the most popular vehicle in the United States, is being redesigned for 2021. So in some senses, you know, if you had to make alterations to the factory if you had to change the assembly lines you know this is a time where there was enough downtime that they could take advantage of it to some degree so in that regard um, there were some advantages for some folks our email address for questions is auto at mpbonline.org We'll see what Allison wants to ask right after we have one email that came in this morning from Vivian. Uh, here we go. And, you know, this is this is the question everyone wants to know, Ivan. Vivian says, give me tips on how to get a new 2019 vehicle for, and she has in quotation marks, fraction on the dollar. Thank you. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's one of those ones where the really the best advice is just to keep expanding that search radius of how far you're willing to drive. But at the same time, or at least as far as goes shipping, but at the same time, a lot of those 2019s, those leftover model year vehicles, they they won't have those same incentives available that the 2020 model years do. So you won't be able to get 0% APR financing. You won't be able to get you know cash back incentives. At this point, it's really up to you and the dealership. So it becomes very tricky in that regard because a lot of 2020s, they'll have cash on the hood. They'll have lease offers. They'll have all those incentives to back it up. It really just comes down to, can you haggle and really whittle down that dealer who's got that random 2019 or even a 2018 still sitting a lot. There's really not a lot of good tips because there's not a lot of good comparables. And the good thing about shopping against vehicles that have comparables, you can always say, look, I can go down the street. I can get this thing for, you know, $1,500 cheaper. But when you whittle it down to just, hey, you know, there's only one, two, um, within like a thousand mile radius, it really is up to that dealership. And, you know, are they willing to let it go? My only advice would really be is just wait even longer um, because the longer something sits, there's more want to get rid of it. But when you're talking about something that's been on lot for 300 days, 400 days, they'll be happy to get rid of it, but they're not going to give it away for free. Remember, they still had to pay. If it was a $20,000 car, most likely they paid you know, at least 18 for it. So it will take a loss for them, but you know, it's, it's a little tougher to negotiate those at times because you don't have the incentives, you don't have the comps. Allison, what questions do you have for Evan Drury, Senior Manager of the Insights Division at Edmunds.com? Well, I was curious about this technology that's coming out with all these new cars, all this adaptive steering and adaptive cruise control and, and these things like this. And I know they're in demand because when people go into the car lots, they're asking for these things. And that's pushing the demand for technology even in a basic car like your economy cars a corolla will have adaptive cruise and that sort of thing now as a standard feature but is there any push to have manufacturers keep some simple cars on their line that do not have this technology for the people who don't want it um, maybe some government regulation on that or, or anything. Have you heard anything about a movement to keep cars simple versus all this technology that, you know, 10 years from now I'll be diagnosing and pulling my hair out on? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, you're right. I mean, there is these two different battling factions. Um, it's, you know, do we keep it basic and try to keep costs down or do they implement it on every single vehicle possible for economies of scale to bring down that price point to make it proliferate onto every vehicle? And I hear what you're saying because, I mean, there's totally some features that you're not going to trust right away. And, I mean, these things are almost safety features that you would think, hey, you know what, these will work 100% of the time, they'll be okay. But if it doesn't, then, you know, there's great repercussions at hand. And it's it's also that that money factor of, look, we don't really want to ratchet up the price on everyone for every single car. So I think the only really good compromise is that a lot of these features can be turned off. Um, so if you do have a vehicle with it, you know, it might be standard issue um, on the vehicle, even on the lowest trim level. But if you can turn it off, if it's a safety concern or a concern about it, you know, working and functioning properly all the time, 
for the most part, they can be turned off. Um, even I agree that there's certain features that I just don't like. Um, there's a lane keep assist that kind of, you know, it's not 100% there. It kind of jitters the steering wheel a little bit more than you would like. I usually turn that off. I mean, even something as simple as the start-stop technology for increasing MPG um, in some vehicles, especially when it was first implemented, it was so bad that there were so many complaints that they recalled some of them or they put in new software so you could permanently delete the feature. You know, if something like that happens where an automaker then sees, look, this is actually causing, you know, a lot of disruption to our customer base or we're getting a lot of complaints from a safety point of view, then that's something that they'll address. But for now, um, I really, you know, you do see that proliferation of these really advanced features trickling all the way down and you know while some folks do love it um you know they're don't worry you're not you're not alone there's still a lot of people out there that uh, prefer not to have those things messing with their driving yeah. uh, along smaller percentage of people that that don't want it i don't i think there's more people that want all the features they want all the cool new stuff kind of like <laughs> they want to go out and get the brand new iphone when they already have one yeah, and that's actually that's actually something that um, speaking of some guys at Ford and they first launched that redesigned Explorer. They put out the highest trim level at like upper forty thousands. People, you know, it's like fifty percent of consumers were buying the highest trim level. They put another right. trim level above that. Again, the consumers just a lot of people, if they have it, if they're spending that much money, they think, I'm just gonna check all the boxes. I think it's kind of a slippery slope too, because once you drive a vehicle that has that many features and if you you're fine with the the touch and feel vehicle then now you've got all these add-ons technology wise you know it's hard for people to think oh i'm going to go down to a smaller screen size and i think that that's something that is the screen size wars you know you don't use it when you're driving or you shouldn't be <laughs> you should be driving right. but the idea that we've gone from four inch screens to eight inch screens to 12 to 20 something i mean it's just, it's just one of these right. things where people who are buying and spending that much will continually justify it by saying look interest rates are low let's extend the term lengths um at the same yeah. time i'm already spending 40 might as well spend 45 so you know unfortunately right. uh, the opposite trend is definitely not happening right i was i was hoping that that uh, you would say it it was trending and at least some talk about it things being a little bit more simplified as a mechanic i'm just thinking down the road when these cars get older and they start having electrical problems with these features or say you get in a car accident and you've got the front camera front sensors on your bumpers and and these things that will cause it to total quicker it just it seems like we're ha we're going to have some problems with that sort of thing but um that as long as people keep asking for it they'll they'll keep putting it out there before we take our next break, we have one more email that Allison goes along with what you were saying. This was from James, and he wonders, is it possible now to order a new car in some kind of fleet package? Uh, to use the expression from my youth, is there a strip-down option for an individual to order that would be similar to the car that the rental companies purchase? Well, in that regard, you're almost... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very similar. Like, you can get the cheapest thing possible and have the least number of features that potentially could go wrong. And really, your best option there, instead of trying to special order a fleet vehicle or assume a business name, is perhaps buying an off-rental, you know, fleet-specific. But even then, when you look at what they're doing with those fleet trim levels, they have a lot of options. They still have a lot of technology. 
And that's because when you get into a rental vehicle, especially nowadays, I mean, it is leaps and bounds. So much, you know, more tech has been packed into it because the automakers, you know, they can negotiate with the Hertz, the enterprise. They don't want to give consumers stripped down vehicles anymore because it gave a bad impression. Now they see every customer who goes and rents a car as almost a marketing opportunity. And on top of that, they want the rental agencies to pay more money for their vehicles for more profitability. So it's kind of one of these things where even if you were to do this, you're not going to essentially delete enough features um, to really make it worth your while. And that's, I mean, it's unfortunate that we don't have you know, that segment, but you know, I'd, I'd almost suggest just getting a used vehicle at that point. We're taking your emails today. It's auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about new cars, new model releases. But is your car under recall? We have a list of ones that are. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is Ophira Eisenberg, host of NPR's Ask Me Another. Do you have an extra car that you wash more than most people go to the dentist? Well, save some time and some water and donate it to us. Think about it. Rather than it sitting there taking up space, your extra car could be making public radio. And when you donate it here, you may also qualify for a tax deduction. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org. You're listening to AutoCorrect with Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic. I'm Liz Gill. And, hey, have we got uh, mechanic Q Moore with us today? Oh, yes, I am. (laughs) Hey, Q, we're glad that you're with us. If uh, you want even more AutoCorrect, we hope you'll find our podcast. It's on all podcasting platforms for your smart device. Here are the recalls for the week. There's only one, but it's a pretty big, important one. Nearly 51,000 2017 through 2019 Chevy Bolt EVs are recalled due to fire risk. So until the cars have been repaired, the NHTSA advises parking them outside and away from your home to avoid the potential spread of fire. We'll have the phone number for owners to call for information Uh, to call on the information for this show. You can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, nhtsa.gov slash recall, and inputting your VIN 
number or find their Safer Car app in the App Store for your phone. We're talking about the 2020-2021 models of cars and trucks with Ivan Drury of the vehicle information website Edmunds.com. We're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. And before we go to this call, we do have another email. This is from Tim. And he says, uh, I'm looking to buy a new GMC pickup. I'm hearing a lot of issues about transmission. Is there any truth to that? So, Ivan, uh, what do you have to say about GMC pickups? No, I haven't heard of any recent issues with that transmission, but I think they've recently gone over to a 10-speed unit. Uh, I think it was one's co-developed with Ford. But, you know, while I haven't heard anything specifically, um, I guess if there is chatter out there on the Internet, if there is enough of it and people are lobbying complaints, then G- GM's definitely have to do something about it because GMCs, especially the Sierra, that's really their moneymaker. Um, their Denali trim level I mean, that, that thing's very expensive, and they definitely take what the customers have to say uh, in serious regard because it really is where they, it's kind of a cash cow for them. Allison, what about you and the GMC uh, transmissions from the uh, latest models? Um, I haven't heard a whole lot about them having problems, but maybe Q has some information on that. Q, have you heard of anything with these transmissions on these newer the DMC truck? I, uh, I have not. The only thing I've, um, just a relearn is the only thing that has came up most of the time with the, you know, with the ones that we deal with that uh, later model. So All like right. a reprogram? Yes. Like mm-hmm. a reprogramming on them? Yes. Yeah, okay. that's just, yeah, the computer itself, not so much the transmission. Okay. okay. Well, we've got three calls waiting for us this morning. Let's go to Brad in Gulfport. Brad, thanks so much for giving us a call today. What's your comment or question for AutoCorrect? Uh, I've, I'm a single guy, and I like SUVs, and I'd like to get a new SUV to replace my old one. And I like the like the Ford Explorer, but... My gripe is, well, I don't have a lot of rugrats, and so I don't need a third-row seat. But it is hard to find an SUV without a third-row seat. Um, and I call up, I call up uh, the dealer and everything. He said, well, we make them, but only for police. So is there a way to, to buy, uh, like, an Explorer with... Uh, you know, with no third row seat. That's a good question for Ivan. Um, Ivan, what do you think? I was going to say, yeah, it's almost one of those things where you might as well just purchase it and then remove the seats um, if it's really the only feature you don't like. And I hear what you're saying. It's almost every automaker is cramming a third row into even the smallest of SUVs, whereas um, even Honda's gone and said, you know what, if you don't want a third row seat, in a Honda Pilot, just buy a Honda Passport. But that's very few automakers that aren't trying to negotiate that because in almost every regard, you get the opposite. A lot of customers 
during the product planning stages of a vehicle say i wish this suv had a third row seat and now almost every one of them does but i think your your best option is almost especially because if you go fleet trim level you're going to delete out a lot of other things um if you're going to be used market for it again you'll have the same issue so i think you're almost best off um, removing those components yourself no, I see. Yeah, like the the ones that don't have a third row seat are often pretty small. And, yeah. and I'd like a larger <laughs> SUV like a Explorer. Uh, but I hate paying for a third row seat and then having to remove it. <laughs> yeah, that's actually. <laughs> what about br- Broncos and Jeeps? Are they <laughs> are Broncos and Jeeps considered SUVs? Or are they smaller than what you were looking for, Brad? Yeah, that that is smaller. I, I would say explorer size, um, and and the reason I don't want it is, well, like I said, I don't have any kids, and uh, it takes up space, adds weight, uh, adds cost, all that stuff. So it's yeah. crazy that they make them, and they give them, they make them for police and everything, but uh, a, a non-special person can't get one. I, I wish that would change that you were able to get the fleet vehicles. I know with Ford, I was pretty sure that you could get a truck that was a fleet vehicle, like one of the F-150s or F-250s, um, and buy from their fleet. I want to say I've known some people that did that, but you're saying that you tried that and it didn't. they wouldn't let you buy it because you're not buying in bulk, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I hate to hear that. But I'd love for them to make that available to the public. Well, let's. Uh, sorry about that, uh, Brad. Let's go on to William, who's called in from Memphis. Uh-huh. There we go, William. Thanks for calling in to uh, AutoCorrect. Can I? Uh, what's your comment or question for our show? Sure. Uh, I'm in the market for uh, a new car, but. I- what I really want is a car uh, that's really fun to drive. Uh, I don't mean a car that's the fastest uh, straight line. I just mean a car that's fun to drive. I'll give you an example. I rented a uh, Tesla out in California. I was stunned at how well it handled up in the mountains. And so I was curious in terms of what new 2021 or 2022 SUVs are coming out that are going to be electric. Uh, That's I know about the Model Y, but I'm trying to see what else is coming out there that we should be looking at. Uh, but the key for us is really the fun to drive factor. What you got, Ivan? Yeah, I was going to say, it's not a traditional SUV by any means, but the Ford Mach-E, um, I mean, it is the SA Mustang at the same time. It's styled in this quasi-crossover SUV manner. Uh, Volkswagen has their VW ID coming out that should be of a similar nature. And if you look at Jaguar, um, their E-Pace vehicle, it's similar. Um, I think almost every one of these new launches you'll see in the EV segment, they're definitely not fitting any one mold. They almost all look like kind of a hatchback wagon crossover blended all together to give you that functionality, but also give you that drivability that you're talking about. So I think that if you really wanted to emphasize the sport component, um, I don't know if they're, they're know how far our reservations are for the Mustang, but that would should definitely fit the bill. Yeah, you I saw that new Mustang coming out. It's interesting looking for sure. Yeah, I was going to say the um, the range, you can get it in three different variants of battery size. Um, I think it goes up into the 
mid to upper 200s. And as far as performance specs go, it should be it'd be very similar to the Tesla. Um, as far as you know, you just said you don't need zero to sixty. You know that uh, insane mode that it has, but at the same time, you should be able to do in the fours or the low fours um, if you go with the highest okay, trim level. Okay. Which is super yeah, fast. I do price range. <laughs> Sorry, say again. The price range. Yeah, I I'd expect to pay at least 60 something if you want for, you know, the features that you're probably looking for and the, the battery capacity. I am expect to pay in the 60s. Okay. okay. All right. Thanks. That's very helpful. <laughs> thanks, William. we glad that you have called in. Let's go to uh, Janet before we take our break. Janet from Starkville, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect. What is your comment or question today? Hey, I'm calling again. Um, I wanted to ask him, I'm still looking for the truck, little truck, uh, something to drive around town. I have a cleaning business, just need to put a few things in the back, you know, cleaning supplies. Looking for a small, something like a Nissan Frontier, would you recommend, or a Toyota Tundra or Tacoma, something economical, mileage-wise. Well, I'm, yeah, I've I'd always loved the Nissan Frontiers. Um, their prices are a little bit lower because they're not as well-known or as, as popular as the Toyota Tacomas. But um, both two very good, very good trucks. Um, and like I've said before, Nissan started out as a truck company, so they do trucks very well. And they're not as known for that as they should be, but those are both two very good trucks. Yeah, and I'd also add that if you buy a new one, um, those Nissan Frontiers are being redesigned for next year. So you should be able to get a decent discount on a 2020 model year that's being phased out. Oh, fabulous. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Janet. We appreciate you calling in. Our email address where you can send questions is auto at mpbonline.org. We are talking about brand spanking new vehicles with Ivan Drury from Edmunds.com. Between your car repair questions, what's an unreliable car not to buy? That's next. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. Hi, I'm Ryder Taff, co-host of Money Talks. Each week, we take your personal finance questions and tell you about a money topic we hope you find helpful. Podcasts can be found on our website or on your smart device's podcasting platform. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, is our expert. Mechanic Q Moore is here. I'm Liz Gill, and we are all joined by guest Ivan Drury from Edmunds.com. We hope that you've downloaded our app 
for your smartphone. It's the MPB Public Media app. In addition to listening to our show on the MPB Public Media app, you can click on the support button and make a contribution. Contributions help keep our programs on the air and for you and for others to enjoy. So thank you so much for your contributions to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Consumer Reports gave the label Never Buy to 30 used cars. Today, we're going to caution you about Mini Coopers. Used Mini Coopers should basically write off Mini Coopers from the past decade, used car shoppers. Consumer Reports named every model between 2007 and 2011 plus 2015 as way below average in reliability. You can take your pick when it comes to this car's problems. The laundry list of recalls from the era includes turbocharger failure, slipping clutch, exhaust rattle, and defective tailgate. So please consider reading up on the reliability of this car before purchasing it as a used car, suggests Consumer Reports. Carcomplaints.com is another resource for unreliable car lists. And if you're interested in reviews of new cars, Casey Williams is the automotive correspondent for WFYI in Indianapolis. He's also on YouTube as Auto Casey. And his review this week is on the Chevy Blazer RS and the Toyota Camry TRD. We're talking about the newest to the market vehicles with Ivan Drury from Edmunds.com. We hope you'll email your questions to auto at mpbonline.org. Ivan, in, in past normal years, a lot of times people would buy uh, cars at Christmas, or at least they want to sell you cars at Christmas, or at the end of December before the because it's the end of a quarter and the end of a year. Are there are there any still going to be able to get a deal if you buy something in December? Yeah, you know that period between December and Jan- uh, January first, New Year's is actually the busiest time for dealerships. If you look at the entire year, you look at the number of emails and phone calls and the number of units they sell. This is typically the busiest time. If you're going to get a deal, um, that's really more about what incentives are still available on the vehicles you're looking at. Because you got to think about how busy some of these dealership guys are. They're running around. They're dealing with multiple customers. So. In some regards, you can maybe take advantage of that if that dealership that you're, you know, working with, if they're very close to hitting their goal, but you know they, they need a few customers to push them over the edge, um, that's great for you. The only problem is you're not going to know whether or not you know that dealership is close to hitting their quota for the month, or you know if they had some kind of annual goal that they were going for. But you know the thing is, if you have the time and they have the right vehicle for you. Um, you might as well give it a shot. If you're kind of shopping in that, that realm um, of those few weeks, either after or before uh, that New Year changeover, you might as well give it a shot during then um, because the sense of urgency is a little bit higher for the dealership. We've got a call on the line. Uh, it's uh, Mike from Jackson. Mike, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question for the show? Hey, this is Mike, your windshield man. Yay! Hey, Mike. Yay! My buddy. Hey, I, I just honestly just wanted to call in and say how great the guest is today and how awesome the show is. 
Well, thank you, Mike. We've we've missed you. You know, we haven't we haven't had to have uh, too many windshield questions lately, but uh, but we uh, we love that you uh, listen and are available to be called on. We do have Debbie from Mobile who's on the line. Debbie, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question today? Um, my question is, um, well, first, just the issue that um, I have an Audi that I had for sale. And um, I have to turn down my radio because it's on different frequency. Anyway, um so my Audi is for sale, and I had a dashboard light come on, and I thought, well, I don't want to list it for sale if that's wrong. So I took it to the Audi dealer yesterday and had the oil changed and an analysis done that I paid over $300 for just those two and was told that it was going to cost about $1,000 to replace the rear right electrical tailgate unit. Um that price obviously shocked me, so I said, well, no, not today. So I guess my question is, other than an Audi dealer, is that something I could take another take to another car repair place and ask them to look into that for me? And then I guess the second question is, should I definitely not try to sell the car um, with that issue? You absolutely can take it to somewhere, an, an independent shop, and usually there are European automotive shops in most towns, and as big as Mobile is, I, I would assume they have a few to choose from, that work on Audis regularly, and their labor rate is going to be lower than the dealership, and they may be able to get you an aftermarket part to get you going so that you can sell your vehicle. And I didn't quite catch what the problem was to know if it's okay to... Uh, sell it like that and you said a, a rear electrical what was it well the light comes on on the dashboard that's what first alerted me and i thought oh it says tail light out i went and bought a tail light and then you know my husband looked and he said no the tail light's working fine it's just the light on the dashboard so they said this is what they told me yesterday it was just kind of an electrical relay kind of issue between the two and that's why I was so shocked that it's going to be a thousand dollars to repair it something doesn't sound right there um, I, I agree yeah you um I had a situation one time when I was when I was younger where a dealership charged me six hundred dollars to replace a fusible link and at the time I didn't know really what it was definitely sticker shock but i paid it and and you know so some dealerships are not really on the up and up and perhaps they're not on that because the relay is literally like it's just easy to get to and it's you know generally easy to get to and it's just right on the car i feel like something else is going on there that's that i would definitely get a second opinion on Okay, that makes sense. Okay, well, thank you very much for that. So I'll try that next. Thank you, Allison. You're very welcome. Thanks, Debbie. We appreciate you calling us. Now we've got uh, Maurice, who's called in from Renzi. Maurice, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question for the show? Yes, thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm a college professor, and I do a lot of adjunct teaching, 
Um, so I really need a car that's an excellent commuter car. In the past, I've had cars, I've had a Toyota Versa. I mean, excuse me, a Nissan Versa, which was a great commuter car. It got great gas mileage. Um, but now it seems like it's very difficult to find cars, number one, in that price range. And also uh, a car, I don't need all the bells and whistles on this car because it's specifically just something to get me to and from. Um, I teach at Ole Miss part-time and I work at Northeast Community College and um, you know so I have a lot of driving so do you all have any suggestions on a really good basic car that's reliable um, that's going to help me out in this situation yeah that's a good <laughs> question for Ivan if yeah, you right. something like that because I'm thinking like even the Toyota Corolla these days has a lot of uh, bells and whistles on them so i'm not sure what's out there yeah i mean you really are just looking at especially now because the american automakers have pulled out of making sedans um so really it's like you're kind of funneled into a mini suv if you go with one of the americans um if you want reliability though you really are going to be looking back at you know your toyota corolla even if it does have a little more options than you like but if you go with the lowest trim level the le um, that'll be stripped down enough. Um, they'll still have some good good features, though, like LED headlights, which are really amazing. If you've ever driven a vehicle that has those kinds of headlights, um, it really, especially if you're driving a lot, you're driving at night, you might actually really want yeah. those. It'll help light up that road because um, it can't get okay. kind of sketchy out there with the dark. Yeah, that is um, a real nice. Honda Civic yeah. 2. Um, that's actually okay. being redesigned for 2022, and it's going to look a little cleaner but i would really i'd have no issue with the technology that's going to be on either one of those especially at the base trim level so for honda it would be the civic lx and for corolla it'd be the le i mean those they're so mass produced that you really shouldn't have any issue you know if you start going up there and you know you're going down hybrid row um you know adding different powertrains and things like that even though the mpg is there you know and i've had them myself and they do work out well but if you don't want any additional complexities, I'd say stick to one of those two. Okay. You have a what price is the price range for those? For those? Yeah, I mean, uh, expect I to pay. I that some of them are, are, are getting close to $20,000 for what used to be an uh, economy car around yes. 13000 <laughs> Right. They, that is correct. They've all ratcheted up over time. And I mean, I hate to say this, but if you if you look at back when those prices were in that sub 15, um, if you take an inflation calculator and you, you plug in that number, it's basically 20K. Um, and that's kind of what I would expect to pay for the same thing today. If you can wait, I'd say, um, you know, look up to see when your local dealers start getting that redesigned Civic. And maybe you can get one of the Civics that's being phased out, you know, that, that prior model year to get some additional discount. Um, at the same time, okay. I just realized the Hyundai, the Hyundai Elantra, um, that too is being redesigned for the next year. But, you know, it really depends on the time that you have. If you have a flexible time schedule, uh, great. You can kind yeah. of wait to see when these guys roll out their newest versions and then get one of the phased out old model year ones. But, you know, it's it's expect to pay 20, you know, if you're lucky, if it's looking at 17, 18,000, if, you know, a dealer's got to get rid of a few. Well, I went through sticker shock because I went to my Nissan dealer. Um, I bought a 
2013 um, Nissan Versa, and I paid literally paid ten nine yep. for that car. <laughs> And it was a fantastic car. It was brand new. It was fantastic till the transmission went out. And I'm sure you're well aware of the whole transmission situation with the Versas and and all yeah, of that. Yeah, they had the CBT transmission, which is yes, Nissan. But Nissan is coming out with a new transmission. They just don't have it in them, in the cars yet. And they're getting away okay. from that. I believe it's called a JASCO transmission that they've used in a lot of vehicles. And they had a huge recall on. Uh, but yeah, they're they're facing that out. Thank you. Okay, okay. Well, that's good news. Um, that is very good. Well, when I went and I, lo I looked at these verses, the verses now are starting out at twenty and twenty one thousand. Like oh, what wow. you were saying. Yeah, they've they've gone way up and they've put all this other stuff on there. So for somebody like me that's just just looking for the commuter car, and I'm glad you gave me those two names because I, I will check into those. Uh, we just need basic transportation. Uh, my Versa had hand crank windows. I mean, people were laughing at me because if I pulled up to a stoplight or something, That's I went awesome. to roll the windows down, they saw me actually hand cranking the windows up and down. Oh, uh, that's awesome. how base model that Versa was. That. Yeah, that that's that, nothing like that today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're glad you called in, Maurice. Thank you so much for calling us. We are discussing brand new vehicles with our friend from Edmunds.com and taking your vehicle repair questions. You can also send us an email to our address, auto at mpbonline.org. What's in the news? I'll tell you next. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our live program, you can listen to the whole show at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. I'm Liz Gill. I'm with the lady on mechanic, Allison Walker, ASC certified. We've got mechanic Q Moore with us, too. And our guest from the vehicle information website, Edmunds.com, Ivan Drury, has joined us. He's been a guest on MPB's Money Talks and uh, other episode of AutoCorrect. Now, what's in the news? We've got a couple of things. 
Just yesterday, Mississippi now has highway signs pointing to the site of the 2019 plane crash that killed some members of the rock band Leonard Skinnerd. The State Department of Transportation unveiled exit signs not far from the crash site in a wooded area near Gillsburg, Mississippi. They helped visitors find the remote monument commemorating the crash. The monument was dedicated in 2019, but people have been having trouble finding the site. Of the 26 people on the plane, 20 survived. Those killed include singer Ronnie Van Zant and guitarist Steve Gaines. Leonard Skinner is famous for the songs Free Bird and Sweet Home Alabama. The other news, and, uh, you know, Ivan mentioned this a little bit, Honda has decided uh, they've uh, redone, they have a, a new generation of the 2022 Honda Civic, and they revealed it on Twitch. And for those of you who don't know, Twitch is primarily a video streaming service where, and it still gets me, People pay money to watch other people play video games. <laughs> so, it's something else, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. What, what about, uh, uh, does Honda just think they're being hip, putting it on Twitch? And you've already mentioned that the Civic looks uh, clean. What, what about this reveal, Ivan? I'd say that this is definitely an interesting one. But if you look at this upcoming crop of, like, where young folks are really spending a lot of their time, what they're paying attention to, um, and again, this blew my mind years ago to find out that you know they have rented stadiums to play these video games in, and they sell out. So I mean, there's so many eyeballs on this, this like watching of other people play video games, um, that Honda's decided to go essentially all in because Civic is, while it doesn't sell as many units as it used to now that everybody buys CRVs, the you know the HRV, the SUV variants. Um, Civic still has a lot of brand equity, and for them to launch on Twitch, um, very, very shocking news to some degree. But at the same time, it's almost like saying, "Hey, we're going to debut a vehicle at the Super Bowl." Because while this isn't like a, you know, physically active sport in that regard, this is more just like the kids playing the games. But if that's where they are. That's where you got to meet them. You have to meet them on the forum that they're using. So, for Honda to be, you know, cognizant of that, that there's still a lot of eyeballs out there. And, you know, these people are very tuned in. It's very addictive um, from what I've seen uh, with the kids watching the games. But as far as the vehicle itself, I'd say that the good thing is for some folks is that the styling is definitely cleaner. Um, the current generation, it has a lot of a lot, a lot going on there um, from almost every angle, especially if you look at the hatchback version, things of that nature. There's a lot happening. The motor and all the, you know, the guts of the thing, they'll be better. There's always going to be little enhancements, you know, maybe a 10 or 15 horsepower increase, a little bit more twist, a little more torque. But the interior, too, has cleaned up a lot. Um, it's almost, I wouldn't say retro Honda, but it's very straightforward. There's not a lot of that. chots. There's not a lot of funny stuff. So it is, yeah, a lot cleaner. Well, we've only got a minute left. Um, Brad, if you were still listening and you wanted to know about a SUV without a third row seat, LS suggests the Nissan Rogue. But uh, we also got an email, and Allison, I'm going to have to forward this to you. Someone uh, emailed that they had a 2013 Nissan Rogue, and uh, the transmission has some problems 
um, if you drive longer than 10 miles or so, the car hesitates when you try to drive. Uh, what's going on with Nissan's transmissions? That's the CVT transmission that they put in it. It's a continuously variable transmission. It's a new technology, and they're still working it out. Um, they actually, many manufacturers have the CVT transmissions and have had problems with them, but Nissan was plagued with them. Well, what, what can he do? CVT. Can they be fixed? There's a recall for them, so they can take it in and check it out and see. Uh, I think for the recall, they're rebuilding them or replacing them. And it's making them a lot, lot better. So that that's an option that they have. And 2013, I think, is within the recall. All right. Well, we'll make sure uh, while emailing back and say check your recall. Man, that's going to wrap us up for today's AutoCorrect. Our, we thank uh, Michelle McAdoo for being the everybody today. And for Allison Walker that you can follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as the Lady Auto Mechanic. Thanks, Q. And thank you, Ivan Drury from Edmunds.com. We hope you'll join us each Thursday for AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.